Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Um, anyway, if you are watching this right now, you see that I have on one of my favorite uh, belongings, my Angry Birds hat. The listeners in California got together and got this for me many years ago when I was real big into the Angry Birds. I'm a big fan of this hat, and it like covers the ears, and it's still quite effective. Uh, so I wear it. Um, I wear it because I am about function, not fashion when it comes to staying warm. And it just so happens that this also allows me to achieve uh, one of my favorite things to be, which is the guy in the funny hat. I enjoy um, funny hats. So like this is a funny hat. And as I believe I've talked about it on the Internet, but perhaps not on this podcast, um, this hat actually does like a public service. I was once on an airplane and on a row with a baby. I mean, like a little baby, right? Like, right, like infant baby. Baby couldn't have been more than like two, three months, right? And so we got this little baby on the plane. And if I may be frank, a baby getting on my fucking nerves, man. Baby was all the screaming, man. You know, I understand that the baby was like kind of going through it. I mean, the baby didn't ask to get onto the plane. Like, I totally get this, but it doesn't make that like, any more enjoyable for me so anyway the bib is screaming and then suddenly the bib stopped screaming and i realized exactly what had happened the baby saw the hat then next thing i know her daddy is moving the baby closer to me and the baby is like swinging his arm and playing with the beak on the hat and everything else it's public service so the other morning um i go to get some breakfast you know it's Cold as hell outside. So I went and I sat down. And next thing I hear, Mommy, look at that bird. I was like, oh, that's right. I am wearing this funny uh, bird on my head. Because I was a little confused as to why that baby was calling me a bird. Like, I mean, that child was probably about three or four years old. But her mama was going to have to explain what she had been telling that girl that that bird meant. Because, I mean, I thought I was getting dissed. But it turned out I was not being dissed. Um, anyway, you can take from me telling these stories here about the hat and stuff like that, that the weather has gotten cold in New York City. Now, some of you have been like familiar with me or following me back to when I lived in Miami. And it came to my attention at some point that while I lived in Miami, um, some of you would like to get on the internet and like post screenshots of your phone telling you what the temperature was and the temperature would be very low. Um, or you'd have these pictures of you outside just being miserable um, in the cold. And I always like felt left out, right? That, you know, when the winter came, you guys, Got to put up all these things about the weather, what it was like, where you were like, I just, I just, I just thought that what we were all doing was we were simply sharing what the weather was like where we were. So I would occasionally take pictures off the balcony of the beach in December and January. And February, I just wanted to participate. I wanted to be part of the fun. You know, I'm a bit of an independent thinker and not so inclined toward, you know, group behaviors. But I wanted to play along, too. And so I would do that. And I guess I found out 
um, after the fact that apparently a lot of you were like, didn't like that. Like it, it, it's it, correct me if I'm wrong here. Like, it seems like some of you guys um, were mad about me being um, on the beach in the winter. Like it, it seemed to really upset some of you. And um, I just want to let you guys know that I forgive you for that. I do. I absolutely forgive you. I mean, and not only do I forgive you, I believe that I personally should get a bit of credit for my willingness to tolerate you guys being a bunch of haters. You know what I mean? Like, Y'all was just actively hating on me. That's all you were doing. And you know that you were hating, right? Like you can say that you, you know, maybe I was being a jerk about it. That's fine. But you know that you were hating. The only thing that you were doing was hating, right? Like I didn't ask to move to Miami. That was where my job was, right? It was a bit of good fortune for me. And I personally figured, given all the things that we've been through together through all these years, I thought that you guys would be happy for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I it never, ever, ever, ever dawned on me that I would have a following of people who would not be happy for me under those circumstances. I never considered the possibility that y'all could be so selfish that you would not be able to say, you know what? I'm glad one of us is warm right now. It's not what y'all did. All you did was think about your cold-ass selves, right? So anyway... As a result of that, I understand and I recognize that a lot of you have been looking forward to me getting some of this winter for myself, right? Like, I totally recognize that a whole lot of y'all just could not wait for me to give my first taste of winter, right? And you know what I got to say? You guys need to think about something. If you had a problem with me stunting with the pictures from the balcony of my beachfront condo while I lived in Miami, then I suggest you guys go out to the balconies of your beachfront condos in Miami, and you return that favor, right? Because then I'll feel what you felt. Go ahead and do it. Feel free. And you sorry hating, you sorry haters. Think about this for a second. In those months, there's a good chance that one of y'all is going to go on a vacation and you're going to go on a vacation to some place with a beach. And you know what you're going to do when you go on that vacation? You're going to take pictures and you're going to post them. And somehow you're going to think that you better than me. I just happen to be able to do it every day. Well, guess what? I can't do it every day. I did get to do it every day last week, though, and I stunted it. I absolutely did stun it because I was the one on vacation, right? So anyway, while I'm in Miami, it becomes clear to me 
that it was going to be very, very cold upon my return. I looked it up on this thing called the Internet, and they said that it was going to be 28 degrees when I got off my plane. All I had as far as jackets went was a zip-up hoodie. And so on Thursday, I went on the North Face site, and I'm like, I'm getting me a coat. And let me tell you how serious I was about getting me a coat. I was so serious about getting me a coat that I sorted those coats from most expensive on down. Oh, no, no, no. This was not going to be the way that I was saving money. No, sir, Bob. I'm like, show me how deep this can get, right? And I saw it could get a little deeper than I wanted to get, right? But I went down. I found me a coat. Got me a little Matthew Henson type joint. You know what I'm saying? Only problem is it ain't that long. Like it stops at the waist. It's kind of fly, but I'm probably going to have to give me another coat because this one don't go as long. But man, let me tell you something. I, I was in Miami on Thursday. I ordered that thing and I looked at like the, the site was talking about it. it could take one to two days on overnight. I called North Face. I'm like, what this mean? And they're like, as long as you get in by two o'clock, I was like, oh, I'll be in by two minutes. And I went ahead and got that bad boy. They dropped that bad boy off at the job on Friday. I folded that thing down and put it in my carry-on. And I threw that bad boy on when I got outside. Because I'm like, look, man, I ain't going down without a serious fight when it comes to this coat. And this coat right here, bro, hey, man, that bad boy take a bullet. Like, I be out here like, I'm I'm – I'm going to take this head on. Like, I hear y'all talk about it ain't that cold yet. Okay, it might get colder. I'm not denying that. I'm just telling you, we don't have some days, though, where it's cold, and I'm putting up my fight. But that is not why I brought up the story. I brought up the story because I had the worst thing that could happen to you under these circumstances happen to me, which is I get off my plane, and I don't get back to the crib till like, midnight, and I walk up in the crib, and it is cold in the crib, and it is cold in the crib in a way that made it clear to me that my heat was not working. Now, ain't no karma about your heat not working. Like, ain't nobody laughing about that one, right? Yeah, like I see how y'all talking all that. The heat not working is where the line gets drawn. Yo, it was brick in here. The only time I'd ever call walking in a crib and it being more brick was one time I came back from Christmas when I was in graduate school in California, and I got to my door. And I opened the door and I had a feeling, right? So like I closed my eyes and then I hit the light switch and then I opened my eyes and it looked just like it did when my eyes were closed. Because I was like, ah, yeah, I think they turned the power off and they absolutely had turned the power off. But I got the power back on and the next day I had to go in and get that heater cranking. And man, it was brick before that happened. There, there are few feelings in this world worse than being in your own crib exhaling and you can see it right like like it's i mean it's a serious inconvenience to be without air conditioning like that is not something that you want but there's some people who just kind of exist in that life yo man when your heat goes out like that's a completely different animal there's places where they legally cannot cut your heat off because it is far too cruel to do so so anyway, man, I got back here at midnight, man, and I ain't got no heat. I went to sleep in two pairs of sweatpants, a hoodie, and, like, um, two pairs of socks, right? Like, it, it was brick in here. So I finally figured out how to get the thing going. I see my landlord living in Australia. And so, um, 
you ain't it ain't never the same time. You can't just call him and be like, yo, we got a problem with the heat. If I'm up, chances are he's not. Right? So anyway, super come in, super come look at the heat. The homie's like, yeah, looks like you're missing a part and we can't find a part. I'm like, what you mean you can't find a part? Like, let me tell you something. Whatever the part is that get this bad boy hot, it's going to get found. Anyway, my man just reset the thing and then it came off. But um, all of that really was a long-winded way of me to say, yes, it's going to be cold here. No, I don't really plan to complain about it being cold. And the second I do complain about it being cold, I anxiously await the photos from your beachfront condos. You can't win, guys. You can't win. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. Do you foresee Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, etc being able to return to a prominent career in entertainment so yeah uh since the last time we did this man everybody been going down um now i do think one thing that is important to note here is as these i don't even know the appropriate term to use anymore because this is like sexual assault has been used i think in a way that is more broad than we have used it previously to a point that i don't even know if people know like when you hear somebody say sexual assault we used to use sexual assault as a euphemism for rape in the course of the last couple of weeks we've seen sexual assault being used far more like in line with like the actual definition of the two words that like saying someone was sexually assaulted now requires you to say well what do you mean when before it like really like like a month ago it meant something a bit different right so like all this has come out and different people have gone down for different reasons in different ways. Now, Louis C.K. and Kevin Spacey are in two different, like, worlds of stuff you're not supposed to do, right? Now, Louis C.K. is in that bizarre world of, like, pulling out your penis in front of people, right? Like, we're not even talking about, like, a picture. Like, we mean, like, in person. I'm right here. You're right there. My penis is out, right? And the wild thing with Louis C.K., he put in his statement was like, yeah, but I think he said basically something to the effect of every time he did that, like, he asked first, or that there was a measure of warning that became, I suppose, an absolution, um, at least in his mind at the time, of what it was that he was doing and I'm like, I read this thing in slate. That was about like the reasons that people do this. Right. Because I'm not even necessarily just looking for an explanation. I just can't imagine. Right. Like the first time that you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But there's gotta be something that I mean, I don't care how depraved you are. Like, I feel like there's some, place in your mind that you have to get to like some hurdle that you have to jump for the first time for you to be like what what and i i mean i don't have a grasp on it i don't i don't necessarily like look for a grasp on it and i guess tangential to the original question here what they did spawn was a bit of a discussion of like how often women see penises they didn't ask to see. Like again, in like on internet in real life, 
Like, I mean, I've, I've said that I think part of like one of the greater values of social media has been the ability to eavesdrop on conversations. And I understand that that sounds a bit voyeuristic, but I do think that there's something about like social media gives people the impression of a certain smallness while also giving access to the largesse, right? So you could be a person with like 500 followers or something like that. And when you tweeting something, really a small number of people are going to be the ones who see it. But people who don't follow can still like, you know, pop in and watch. And so what you have is a whole lot of small community discussions that everyone in the world has some measure of access to. And so what has happened and I think has like partially spawned the magnitude of the backlash against these things in Hollywood and like surrounding surrounding areas is that we have. I say we that perhaps is a little too broad, but there's access to a level of conversation that women have been having. Right. That I think has allowed for some things to register with men that truly had not like there's a graph, like we are able to see in a much more graphic detail what it is that women deal with things that women may not necessarily felt comfortable telling you before things they felt like they had tried to tell us and that we just didn't listen to. But I think seeing in much more graphic detail what the level of trauma is that a lot of these things have caused, you know, these things have caused people has kind of like pushed where this is and pushed where it has gone. Right. Um, which, I mean, I think there's certainly a great value for, um, I'm not sure how I got to that point, but we started with Louis CK and Kevin Spacey anyway. Louis C.K. probably can come back from this. Um, I'm not exactly sure how. Like, I imagine there's a strategy, though, that somebody could come up with, right? Or, I mean, what a dude like that needs is the right friend. Like, it's not, and the comeback for somebody like that typically works with like some masterful and surprising supporting role that almost allows that person to like assume a different identity and like become a different person. But I mean, if he can provide some value and he's got some friend that's like, yo, I forgive you. Then yeah, I think that he can wind up coming back. Kevin Spacey is a different animal. All right. Like what Kevin Spacey is being accused of, no, no, I don't think there's any coming back from that one. I do not. But one thing I think you do need to remember about this, though, when you think about it is, you know, we've got some individual names that we can put on a lot of this. But what we're talking about here is systemic. You know, like what we're talking about here is so broad that it's fair to raise the question as to whether or not. the So Louis C.K., for example. Would you assume that people who perhaps have engaged in similar behaviors um, might be more forgiving? Because I could see that logically. So yeah, I figure a cat like that like, might manage to come back. I just, again, the... Like, I imagine, and I could be wrong here, but, like, would this terrible, would this surprise you? Like, if there's some scenario that some dude, like, told Louis C.K., that's like, yeah, man, you know, then once you get to be where you are, yeah, this is something that you can, you know, yeah, you can just do it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are they going to do, man? You, you got a TV show, man. You can just go ahead and do it. You know, like, is this just a level of flex of, like, what it is that you got? And 
I think so. There's a connection, I think, to be made though on the Louis C.K. one that's kind of lost. It's a connection to that stuff that the Trump Billy Bush tape, right? The grab them by the whir, whir. and Trump's thing was, um, you know, when you're a star, they just let you do that. And Louis C.K., it sounds like somebody basically told him the same thing, right? Like, it doesn't sound to me like Louis C.K. was doing this when he was just working the comedy clubs, right? Like, this is this from what I uh, from what I read, but th- these incidents were while he had that TV show. So, like, somehow he did, like, lead himself to believe that this was some level of, like, a perk of having the job that he had. But I mentioned this because Trump mentions it and he says it like, yeah, you know, when you get to this point that, you know, they just let you do this. And Louis C.K. said in his apology that it had never dawned on him that maybe these women didn't want to allow this. It had never dawned on him that they felt obligated to do this because of the power dynamic. Right. And that's the interesting thing about what Trump is saying in that is that it's like completely ignorant of the power dynamic. And he thinks that like, yeah, they're just letting you do. The, yeah. I mean, stop and ask why. Right. Stop and ask why. Like with Louis C.K. in this where he's talking about with these women and this is all true. Like, I wonder, did anybody tell him no? Like at any point that he tried this and somebody be like, nah, man, that's going too far. That's the person that I'd be kind of curious about because that would tell me a lot about just what the condition is that people feel in that industry. Because there's no way in the world that five women were okay with that. They all felt like this is just what they had to do within the industry that they were in. Like, did anybody feel comfortable saying no? Now, somebody says quite a few from the reports. Okay, that's cool. But I'm just... Like, stop and think about how crazy it is, the idea that there's an industry with the power dynamics is such that a moment like that can happen and somebody would legitimately feel like they kind of had to let it slide. Right? That they kind of had to let it slide. Like, you think about this, like, dude, like, as a dude, imagine if Louis C.K. had told you, do you mind if I do this? Because it could have been you, depending on what he's about, right? Imagine a world where that happens and you like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, imagine feeling like you had gotten to that point. And that's what we're kind of spelling out. And I think for me also that I think that as before a lot of these things happened, like I've always had an intellectual understanding of the power dynamics that are at play, right? Like, I got it. But I really, really, really did not like fully grasp the sorts of things that like people were doing and yeah, we got to do better. Right. Like my general approach when we talk about these things is really like, I mean, I don't want to be self-righteous about it. I mean, I really just want to be like, yeah, we as a collective, man, we have got to do better. And I think part of the doing better for some people is having a greater familiarity of just how much better we have to do or like, how badly we doing out here and it is a it's a we like it is a collective thing even if you're not like somebody personally engaging in such behavior like i think that we got to have a heightened sensitivity about it that we did not have before 
because I really, really think that for a lot of us that like just how bad it was, was not clear. All right. Appreciate the question. I want to try to find this so I can, I think last might. Oh, there it is. All right. Let me see what else we got here. Oh, I got to go back to the top. We got so many questions. I'm kind of like slowing up the momentum trying to find them. What movies do you think Tyrese is currently watching to prepare his strategy for representing himself in court? So, yeah, apparently Tyrese is like fired his lawyer. And this is the court case like about custody of his daughter. Right. So um, I'm a little torn on this one. And I mean. So the issue that I've got here is, I mean, this is kind of serious business and this man, you know, has a child and, um, you know, you want children to, you know, be with people who demonstrate a certain baseline of sanity. We all want that, right? Like that's what we, uh, that's, that's what we all want. And given the nature of this and that this is a custody thing and everything else, you know, like, is it funny? Right? Like, is it funny that Tyrese is out here acting like this in this way? And the answer is yes. Like, I feel like we can all be clear and agree on that, right? That the answer is yes. It is funny. Now, the question is not really, though, whether or not it's funny, is whether it's appropriate to laugh at that which is funny related to the thought of Tyrese in court representing himself. Now, let me ask this question. And you tell me if this is rationalization, because I think I may have found a way around the moral quandary. The more ridiculous Tyrese is, in court, the more likely it is that this child winds up with her mother. Would we all agree there? Right? Would we all agree there? Okay. So, I believe it is fair from this comfortable distance. I don't know very much about this child's mother. But I feel like from a comfortable distance, it's fair to say that in all likelihood, that child probably would be in better hands with her mother. Okay. So. With that in mind. Does that then make it okay to laugh at Tyrese going to court as his own lawyer? Right, right, right. Does that does that get us on safe footing? Because my guess is, you see, y'all are thinking he's going to watch movies. No, 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 no. Tyrese takes himself way too seriously to be watching movies. If he's going to watch a movie, isn't there about to be like a third good Marshall movie that's coming out or something like that? Yeah. That's what he, that, that, that right there is what he's talking about. Like, he's out here talking about watching Mandela. You know, like, Tyrese is going to take this on, like, like that sort of thing. Like, y'all out here thinking he's going to watch, like, A Few Good Men 
or something like that. No, 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 sir. Bob, that's not it. Tyree's somewhere reading Johnny Cochran's book of Ralph Wiley. You did. Like, I mean, like that's who we got. That's the sort of character that we dealing with here. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay for you to laugh. I just don't think it's best for me to do it right now. Streets is streets is ablaze. Although I can't imagine being being contrary. I don't know what love and clown and Tyrese I'd have to do to get myself in trouble. Like, I feel like he is a fair game all-star at this point, no matter the topic. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. Will black Twitter ever leave Russell Wilson alone? Well, what I mean, what is this black Twitter leave Russell Wilson alone? Like, what are you talking about? It ain't like people like, like it's like every black person on Twitter got some kind of beef for Russell Wilson. No, it seems to be a particular subset of people. And I'd also like to make this note about Twitter. Um, and I'm just curious about this. Would you be surprised to find out that a lot of the tweets that are like dog and Russell Wilson are big up in future? Would you be surprised to find out they was the Russians? Because one thing I got with Twitter right now is it is harder than ever. And I mean, and I don't know how much this like comes up for like, I'm not really not stunting here, but like, I really don't know how much this comes up with people who have like a regular amount of followers. Right. But for me, I can't tell who is and is not a person anymore. Like, that's one of the biggest things for me that is like making that party a lot less fun than it used to be. I can't tell who's real and who's not. Right. And so, like, I just have such a hard time believing these cats exist that really got all these problems with Russell Wilson. I just can't. I mean, like, he's such an ultimately benign figure, right? So, like, he's corny, but it's not like he's in some level of denial or anything, right? He's just corny. Like, that's just what it is. He seems to be a nice enough guy, but, you know, people ain't got no real beef with him. And I just, I mean, and I may, maybe I'm just out of the demo. I'm not around the right people. Like, I don't know exactly how to say it, but I just refuse to believe that there's enough of y'all out here that love Future that much. Like, I don't think that's a good look for anybody that y'all love Future that much. I, I, just, I just struggle to believe that this is real in a lot of ways, right? So, yeah, I mean, I do think, though, that for a lot of people who don't like the thought of their ex moving on and doing better without them, um, I guess they got, like, some level of beef that exists with Russell Wilson. The only thing, though, and I said this on the Internet the other day, and I'll say it again here, and I think there's something to consider. I see so many people thinking about the way Russell Wilson is with a little future through the lens of what it would like to be future or what it would be like to be Russell Wilson. Um, hardly anybody's thinking about what it must be like to be Lil Future. Like, hey, man, Lil Future's winning right now. Russell Wilson seems like, well, Russell seems like he kicking with him all the time. You know, they be out playing catch, running around and stuff like that. You know, like Lil Future be looking happy in them pictures that he's out there taking with Russell Wilson. And, you know, I imagine a lot of y'all got mamas who married some other dude. And that dude, you know, I think you'd like to kick it with him. I think you'd like to have somebody that was, like, actually spending the time with you or anything else. And so I am surprised and have been surprised that 
there are so many people who are vocal about their opposition to Russell Wilson acting like he that boy daddy or whatever, but not nearly as many people who did have cats who stepped into their lives in those ways. And there's a lot of people who had cats who stepped into their lives in those ways. I'm surprised that there are not more people who talk about it from the perspective of being a child and what the level of appreciation is that they have or that they would have um, for somebody who seemed to kick it in the way that Russ has with Lil' Future. And I just want to know what Russell Wilson's nickname is for Lil' Future. Because I ain't calling that boy Future. Like, I'm just not doing that. I, I just can't. I mean, it's like, like, I'm just not calling that baby a stage name. Like, you just can't. I mean, I don't blame Sierra for this because, you know, Future was clearly involved also. I just want to know how much of a fight she put up or was like um, future to compromise because you wanted to name that boy. What is future's name? Right. Like it's something four syllables. I know it started with an N and end in the Vs, but I don't really uh, know like all the steps that uh, get you to the end. Nevadius. That's right. Nevadius. Maybe that's where Sierra was like, nah, 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 nah. We're not bringing another Nevadius in the world. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson got to come up with some nickname for him. Scooter. Scooter, I think, might be appropriate. Uh, buddy. You know, some along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, people talk about, like, champ and stuff like that. Nah, nah, nah. Like, we need, like, a nickname that he can carry with him the whole way. You know, like a name that he can rock with, that he can rock all the way out. Like, you can only be champ, but for so long, right? You can only be squirt, but so long, you know? But you, let me tell you, though, what you can be forever. Peanut. Like, what's your peanut? Your peanut, your whole life. Am I, am I, am I lying? Am I lying? So, yeah, that, if I'm Russell Wilson... And honestly, I don't know if Russell Wilson got the inclination to call a baby peanut. But let me tell you who I bet does have an inclination to call a baby peanut. Sierra's peoples. Like, let us not forget that Sierra's middle name is Princess. Let us also not forget um, that Sierra is kin to one of them dudes in the field mob. And I assure you, they'll call somebody peanut. Like, am I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the kind of name Russell Wilson need to give him. Like, something, something that everybody uh, can pick up on, right? Because, like, the, the, his people find out they're calling that baby Peanut. Peanut just roll off the tongue. Although, I do believe I told you guys that I worked, when I worked at the score, that I worked with a white dude named Peanut. No lie. White dude named Peanut. Now, Peanut was from uh, the black neighborhood in Toronto. But he's still a white dude in Canada who went by Peanut. As you guys may have figured out, I have existed around a diverse set of people. By the way, just, I mean, in this chat room or like on this podcast right now, I just want to ask you guys, because I'm just curious. Um, y'all aren't those people that think that Future want to fight Russell Wilson, are you? I mean, I imagine that Future might like want to fight Russell Wilson, but like we're all here bright enough to know that future don't want to fight russell wilson right i'm just checking like if there's one of y'all go ahead and you know step up and say that you one of these people 
But um Okay. Just curious. Just curious. Yeah, I don't think you want let me tell you something about Russell Wilson. As someone who has like met Russell Wilson. You know what Russell Wilson got? I was talking to somebody about this the other day, man. Let me tell you what Russell Wilson got, man. Russell Wilson got heavy hands. And I feel like there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people that hear you say that somebody got heavy hands who know exactly what that means. And then there's like the rest of y'all who are just like, I mean, okay, I guess, right? But like, it's one thing to just be like a dude can fight. It's another thing to be like, yeah, man, but that dude got heavy hands, right? Like that's, that's the head on the hammer. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. No, 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 no. Russell Wilson got big, heavy hands. Mm-mm. You don't want those problems. My homeboy Pizzle got the heaviest hands in the world. I can't imagine how unpleasant it is for him to punch you in the face. I oh, appreciate your question. Yeah, sorry about that, y'all. Would you want this podcast to go mainstream or remain a cult classic? That's an interesting question. Um, I've never like, like every now and then we'll do something and, you know, we try to sell a little advertisement or something like that. And somebody will ask us for some numbers. But honestly, that is the only time that we really give any thought to numbers or anything like that. Um, on this particular podcast, I do this podcast for a couple of reasons. One, I started doing it because I didn't have, I guess we were doing it like six years now. Um, but I started doing it because I didn't have enough outlets for all the sports that I wanted to talk about. And then I got the job with ESPN and then suddenly I had all the space I need to talk about sports. Like I got a radio show now, all of that. And anyway, when I signed the deal to come to ESPN, they said that if I was going to talk about sports, it would be for them, which I thought was perfectly fair, which is why this is not um, a sports podcast. Um, but like, I don't even know if it's a cult classic, right? I just think that there are some people who would like to hear some of my opinions on things that are not sports. And I think that this is the way to do it. Like I, I, I spend far more money um, putting this podcast out than I bring in, but it's not, like, I don't view it. I, I mean, there are ways that I can make money on this, um, certainly, but that's not, that's not the reason, um, that I do it. Like, I don't do this for it to be like something that's supposed to get large. And like the notion of like an independently done large podcast, not that they don't exist, but I've just never thought about that space in that way, you know? So no, I just like to come on here and talk about these things and answer the questions. Um, and you never know who might go check it out, who might listen to it, who might find it to be interesting or whatever it is. But, um, I just, I do this as much as anything else. I mean, really because I enjoy it. So if it blow up, I guess if it don't, I ain't tripping. Appreciate the question. Let me see. I think I'm going to take me one more. I feel like I've hit about my yawn limit. If you knew your neighbor was a senator, what would he have to do for you to decide that you need to fight him? There is no circumstance under which I'm fighting my neighbor, the senator. But one thing you got to remember about me not fighting my neighbor, the senator, is I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm blackity black. I'm black, y'all. I know damn well I can't be out here fighting no senator. Because here's the thing. 
just because me and the senator live in the same neighborhood does not mean that we live in the, live in the same neighborhood. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, this thing happened with Rand Paul and him and his neighbor got into some beef or whatever. And his neighbor, neighbor broke five of his ribs. Look, man, you ain't breaking five of somebody's ribs on your first rodeo, right? Like, either that is you, like, I don't know if he went to juvie back in the day or whatever it is, right? But either he got something back in his past or, man, he had been really, really, really mad about these leagues, right? I mean, I just can't imagine what the level of passion that you have that puts you in a position to break five of somebody's ribs. The U.S. senator at that, I mean, you to believe that this is something that you can get away with is absolutely amazing. But this is the thing, man. If you white and he white, and y'all live in the same neighborhood, y'all the same person. You understand what I'm saying? Like, y'all the same person if y'all live in the same neighborhood. Y'all talk about the same bridge, y'all in the same communities. Like, you look, you looking at him like, oh, okay, I knew this dude back when he was whatever. You ain't thinking of him as, like, for to you, that dude being a senator is some new job he got. Yeah, that dude became the senator. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember back when he was just a doctor. Because this other cat's a doctor, too, right? He's like anesthesiologist or something like that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we both doctors. What, what, just because he decided to run for office, he think he's somebody? No, nah, man, he look at Rand Paul just like anybody else. He, here's, You know what he looking at Rand Paul as? All right, you know how this goes in college. So one of the more fascinating insights into the human experience for me was my junior year of college. And the reason I mentioned this is my junior year in college is I remember when I was a freshman and you get on the yard and it's the dudes in the fraternities and they all there. And, you know, that's kind of a, you know, you freshman, you get to college, you assume that that's somebody's or whatever it is, right? They there, they on the girls immediately. And you just like, all you know about them is that they in the frat, right? And so what happens is you get to junior year and now you know those dudes, right? The dudes that are the frat dudes that are there, that the freshmen are looking at in the way that you looked at them. You now know who those dudes are, and you remember which ones of them were lames before they got on. And then from there, your impression of what it is to be in a fraternity is totally shaken. You see what I mean? Like, it is totally shaken at that point because you're like, what, that dude, psh, man, I remember when he was dot, dot, dot. That's how that cat's looking at Rand Paul. That dude looking at Rand Paul like, okay, so you crossed and? Ain't tripping on that. Ain't tripping on that a single bit. And look, man, we do that GT. I taught that GTPW, but you got to stop and think about it. How GT, how G is it? TB dub that you can break a senator's ribs and like it don't sound like he gonna do no time yeah man yeah but hey ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us here on the evening jones we try to do this thing here about once a week give or take my man lance gilliam handles everything behind the scenes thank you sir remember if you can't catch us live subscribe to the podcast subscribe at the itunes store subscribe at stitcher radio check us out at soundcloud we are also at the google play store actually next week is thanksgiving so we'll see but eh, we'll figure it out take it easy <laughs>